most people don't know about a term called survival sex, right? And survival sex is not just women, it's men, it's, it's and essentially, these are people who are having, engaging in sex, sexual intercourse or, or what have you, for um, means of resource, not money, food, water, shelters. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker. The aim of this podcast is to connect you to the stories and personalities living in or affecting the Lehigh Valley area of Pennsylvania, encompassing the cities of Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton, and many other wonderful communities in between. We talk to business owners, musicians, authors, students, politicians, and maybe even you. On this week's episode, we talk to Darnell G. Davis of Aspire to Autonomy. He's a co-founder. The goal of Aspire is to provide an environment of safety, healing, and empowerment that will equip trafficking victims with the necessary services and programs to follow their pursuit of independence. We talk about some heavy stuff here, including sex trafficking and labor trafficking, which I didn't know a lot about. Um, So without further ado, Darnell G. Davis, Aspire to Autonomy co-founder. Bro, the first cheesesteak ever here came with marinara sauce on it. I like that. I had a heart attack. That's what they do. (laughs) Be like, what is this? Spaghetti? Besides that, you seem to kind of integrate yourself well, because you, you, you know, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do? You said mortgage consulting, but you're also the co-founder of, of Aspire. So, I mean, this is more of, this oh. is more than mortgage consulting. We're talking about, yeah. you know, some, some real um, community-based stuff that's going on now. And it, it's going to be worse if I tell it. So can you kind of tell me, you know, what, what brought you to working in mortgage consulting, moving to Lehigh Valley and saying, hey, now I want to do something that's, you know, important for the community. <laughs> when, when did that happen? So I got to give you the, I got to give you a further backstory in order for that to happen. So moved up here, fell in love, fell, and then fell flat on my face. You had one of those cheesesteaks, <laughs> was done, almost moved back. Hey. And so um, the market doing what it did, it forced me to, again, shift. And so I started doing some commercial mortgage, I mean, some commercial lending consulting, business development consulting. And then I started a marketing and PR firm. And um, from there, things grew, published a couple of small digital, excuse me, small digital and limited print uh, magazines. Did okay, you know, there were lessons learned, right? And uh, again, uh, the story never changes. Fell in love again after falling on my face. And then I fell on my face again. And then I moved back. I moved to Dallas and moved back to the valley. As long as you were moved to the Cowboys, that's fine. Oh, God, no. Heavens, Thank oh, you. God, no. Never, 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 never that. Oh. In my circle, those are fighting words, man. But, Wait, you know, Eagles fan? Oh God, no! Even worse. That's the only. Name, oh. That's the only team worse in my circle. Because uh, I thought, well, a Redskins, a Giants. No, I get okay. Saquon Barkley's from up the street. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the Super, the Eagles Super Bowl. I lucked out and was there. So if you were an Eagles fan, I was going to show you all my photos, but you probably don't want to see. Yeah. That. <laughs> 
I am okay, not. so we go, we were somewhere here. But yeah, we're getting so, into anyhow, you, fall, you fell on your face again. More cheesesteaks. Yeah. So from there, um, again, this time tried the whole uh, relationship thing again, and things started working. And um, so still continue with my um, marketing and PR work, business band development, and my significant other. She um, ended up going to school for to obtain her master's degree in uh, social work, and um, it was okay. This is a different change of pace and what have you. But she started interning for an organization named Vast or Valley Against Sex Trafficking, and she spent her two years two years of internship there. And when she started. Right. A lot of her papers and a lot of things were um, a lot of those things were about sex trafficking and stuff like that. And I remember saying, uh, hey, I don't want to talk about this. This is not something I want to be involved with. Like, ooh, keep this away from me. And the more papers that I help her write, the more data I started to see. Now, coming from a banking background, right, numbers don't lie. This episode is brought to you by Made Possible in the Lehigh Valley, a regional branding and marketing initiative aimed at showing off all the amazing things that are possible here in the Lehigh Valley and helping to grow the region's image as a desirable place to visit, work, learn, and live. They've created materials that you can use for free on your sites and in your outreach to help tell the Lehigh Valley story. Lehigh Valley is rich with opportunity, providing people with a good life on their own terms. The region exists today because of where it's been, Together, we will shape what is made possible tomorrow. Contact them and get more information at lehighvalleymadepossible.com. You can try, you can, oh wow. You can try to twist numbers, but at the same time, they just simply don't, they, they don't lie. So you're and looking at the numbers that she's researching and saying to yourself, wow, this is bigger than I, I thought. <laughs> yes. Human trafficking so, we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And more specifically, human trafficking as a whole, but more specifically human trafficking here in the Lehigh Valley. And um, so from there, I ended up doing some, you know, I remember getting called in to do some marketing consulting. And somehow I ended up as the chair of Bass um, Advisory Board. So That's here I go pretty, from. <laughs> it's usually what happens when somebody the, comes in, they're like, I'd like to help out. You can. That's great. <laughs> well, no, I didn't have that intent. They asked oh. me to help. They asked me, they asked me for marketing consulting. I did some marketing consulting about right. a product, about some, some grant money that they had. And then through time, of just being a part of that community, that tribe, through that, I ended up becoming the chair of their advisory committee. And again, numbers don't lie, right? And so we're seeing and doing more research. But um, so anyhow, Amber created, um, Amber created uh, their outreach program. It's in their outreach program that uh, we started seeing holes in the being able the services being able to be provided for people who are um, 
who are finding themselves on the other side of, of right. being victimized by human trafficking. So because of substance use disorder, there was just a whole lot of, like there was a perfect storm and there was a gap in services. And so she decided, hey, I ethically can't identify people and t- then tell them to go back to their trafficker or go back to the person that's, that's tormenting them. I can't ethically continue to do so. And so is that like something I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand. So are you saying that within the organization that you could identify someone who is in danger, like they would come to you and you say, you know, we've identified you, but we can't do anything right now. You have to go back to that situation. Yeah. So that- basically because of substance use disorder, right? People, that's what most uh, traffickers use. Uh, they use drugs to control their people, right? Sure. And uh, and so that being said, what was the easiest route? Because a lot of programs that take people off the streets, you have to be clean. So the easiest route was, hey, let's get you assessed, and let's see if we can get you into an inpatient unit somewhere, get you a get you out of the acute situation, and then hopefully you get clean, and then we can work through the other. Through the trauma, we can work through getting into a longer term okay. facility or, or a location. So it wasn't that they were just saying we, we can't help you. It was the resources or that there wasn't anywhere to fill that gap because it takes sometimes in order to get assessment for drug and alcohol to go inpatient, it can take 24 to 48 hours before you can get an assessment. And then what are you doing? What are you doing in that twenty-four to forty-eight hours? Right? Is that you're going, to their, you're going yeah. back? And if and if that trafficker, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. But if that trafficker gets an inkling, like maybe something's wrong here, they're off to the next place. Yeah. It's exactly. right. so, so you're saying there, yes. there wasn't there wasn't. So what did you do then? You had that you had that twenty-four so, to forty-eight hour problem. So that problem caused we needed to find a solution to that, right? Because obviously we can't tell people we can get you out and get you help, but we can't get you out and get you help, right? <laughs> you know, that's it's, 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 it doesn't balance. And so uh, she said, you know, let our first project or our first, what we intend to do is to create an, uh, a housing situation where we can help and support in the acute. So our first project then actually was uh, a safe house. And that's kind of where Aspire was born from, you know, the idea that, hey, if VAX can, through their outreach, can identify people, we have the ability to bring them to our safe house. And if it's, we, we tried to keep them there for 72 hours. So during that 72 hours, we were supporting them, looking for secondary locations or getting them and getting people ready uh, for their assessment and possibly inpatient um, inpatient uh, care. So what's that? You keep saying uh, what's the, the first organization? Is it BAST? BAST. B-A-S-T. Uh, Valley Against Extract. Okay, and is that so? That's basically the organization that you would someone could find resources on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and now we're talking about how you're bridging that gap with the uh, yeah. So, so okay. So Amber was there. Out, she's the outreach coordinator. She's the one who designed the program and currently still runs it. The issue was is that Vass's uh, original or Vass at that time Vass. Um, 
they're, where they were trying to operate wasn't in the housing sector. They were trying to be informative, informative and right. change laws and have that kind of, you know, micro and macro impact. So we created Aspire just uh, first was to do that. And then somehow it has evolved into so much more than just that. Um, it, it's one of the great things because our, we have a stellar board. And a lot of people in our leadership, because we either have some, some of our, it's almost halfway down the middle. You have people who are so, social worker, um, really uh, cause-oriented minds. And then the other side of our organization, we have individuals who are very business development minds. And so it's this perfect storm of creativity and, um, and support. And so we're, we're all, we've, over the last two years, we celebrated our second year on the 14th. And uh, over the last two years, we've just have been consistently looking to develop programming and looking to develop um, ways and means to support the community on different levels. Because for you, you know, someone who's done it or gone through it, you, you might not think it's as great as it is, but like for the common person, did you just say, okay, uh, obviously, you know, your, your significant other has ties to this um, industry, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And were you able to set it up like as a, as a nonprofit pretty easily? I mean, that's something that, or what did you do? I mean, I don't know. Cause that seems like a lot of work and you're just t passing it off is no problem. You know, <laughs> what was that process like? So, uh, again, we were in officially incorporated on July 14th, uh, 2018. Uh, by August, I think it was like August 23rd or 4th, we were nonprofit. So, um, you know, we were, we were blessed. Uh, again, two individuals that are very passionate about what they do. So I have a business mind. I've set up companies for days. And she is a social worker, but she's super hyper focused. And so we we were an anomaly. We were a phenomenon. So we were incorporated in, in, in nonprofit within 30 days of being incorporated, which from what I hear doesn't happen too often. Yeah, I mean again, I don't know too much about that, but that process always seemed to me, any time I've talked about it, it seems to be difficult. So that's good. So you yeah. you get this. Um you start this nonprofit, Aspire, which will make sure everyone the, the links are available in the podcast notes. You know what? Um, how do you then connect with? So, do they go through Vast and then they find you, or? So we have again, we've been ever evolving. No pun intended, right? Um, but we've been ever evolving, and so originally those 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 interactions, those initial interactions were referrals from Bass directly. Um, since we've really over the last, over the last year, because we had to shut down our first um, safe house in November last year, excuse me, in November last year, because of a severe mold problem that was just bad. So they had to demolish the house that we were using yeah, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so we were. So currently, we're still looking for our second safe house. But what we decided to do was uh, become more community advocates. And so we we've created some programs. Uh, and falls. We have a whole whole program in our company called Community Impact and Community, 
and the whole idea or concept of this this program inside of Aspire is to um, do things that get our people on the street or interacting with the community. So the community awareness of human trafficking in general, but specifically here in the Lehigh Valley, is greater. So what we do is we have, um, as you can see, I have a shirt on Project Underground Railroad, right? Um, our Project Underground Railroad is our active, we call it education and activation training. So the idea of this, of, of this training series, right, was just to wake people up, right? And I, I remember our first one, we helped, uh, Joe at the Quadrant helped us uh, have our first one, uh, man, almost about two years ago, really, right? A year and a half ago, I'm sorry. And um, I don't even know, time it, anymore doesn't make sense. It's like, because <laughs> the coordinate all started in March, it seems like two years ago. Like, I don't, it's, it's weird. So yeah, you're forgiven. <laughs> And so um, that training series, we've been able to train, I think, locally uh, somewhere around a little under a thousand people over the last year and a half. Um, digitally, I would say, OK, not overall, we've been able to um, we've been able to train a little under a thousand people between our local events and our digital, uh, our digital trainings, which we've had to do a lot more of, obviously, because of the situation the world is in. Right, well, but, and you, well, go ahead. And, and, and so that's, that's essentially, that's our first in show, but then we have like, we have program that we're launching a uh, certified safe space where we're partnering with restaurants, coffee houses, and, and, and organizations like, uh, you know, where we're looking at partnering with the business community, the faith-based community, the education community, and the business community all rolled up in one. And the idea was, hey, if we can train people on indicators of human trafficking, that makes us have, the, that makes us have more eyes and ears of people out there. But then we use these locations or these businesses as safe spaces. And the idea of it is that your employees, the owner and employees are all trained in indicators. Someone comes in, they look like they may be in danger of some sort. We've trained them how to interact. Maybe if it's like, I like using a, a coffee house, you know, like Terra Cafe, right? And if somebody comes in and, you know, they look and they have that engagement, well, they would have a, you know, a packet, information packet about how to contact resources, the, the um, anti-human trafficking hotline number, all those things that they're ready. But more important, we're training them to create relationships because the person that's in trafficking or that has been trafficked may not be that quick to go away, to, to, to run. But that's a process. So what we say is, hey, have a cup of coffee with them, have a conversation, send us the bill for the coffee. Right. So that's how we want to make it as fluid and as, you know, no nonsense as possible, because the goal is to get people aware. But at the same time, our other goal is to get people off the streets. But, and and so, let's get a, a little bit like aware in that sense. We've I mean, we haven't even said it, you know, um, how prevalent is human trafficking in the Lehigh Valley? Like it's, it's sim it seems like something <laughs> that I know it, I'm, I'm aware that it's a problem. I'm aware that, you know, there are, uh, you know, people being busted for soliciting um, for sex in, in hotels. And it turns out that that's, you know, human trafficking and that's local, you know, so can you shed some more light on how prevalent it is? What are we looking at? 
Okay, so let's take it in two ways, right? First way is Aspire is not just a, we are a complete human trafficking organization, anti-human trafficking. So we not only work with victims of sex trafficking, but we also interact with um, individuals that are victims of labor trafficking. And that looks, that looks different to different people. Uh, the most simplistic, um, the most simplistic definition is that the union puts out there is people doing things by force, fraud, or coercion for the reason of exploitation, right? And most people don't realize how quickly that changes and how somebody such as yourself could find themselves in a situation like that. So that's number one. That's the first side. So we, our viewpoint of trafficking is very income. Uh, um, it's very wide and, and we embrace the different formats. That being said, um, we also identify a third way is that's, you know, it's kind of this hybrid idea, but most people don't know about a term called survival sex, right? And survival sex is not just women, it's men, it's, it's, and essentially these are people who are engaging in sex, sexual intercourse or, or what have you for um, means of resource, not money, food, water, shelter. So in order to just basically, it's these, these relationships that are not relationships, but this is somebody, hey, I don't want to be homeless, so I'm going to do what I need to do to be here. That's survival sex. Survival sex to us is human trafficking. It's a form. So <clears throat> when we look at it, those, those different terms, when we look at those different methodologies, right, um, through vast outreach program, they've identified a little bit in a little under two years, almost 100 individuals. But get this, that's only within a, that's in one specific county, that's Lehigh County, one specific city. That's Allentown. And even moreover, within 15 blocks of the PPL Center. So it's 15 block radius of the PPL Center. So you're looking at almost 100 individuals that they've identified as victims of human trafficking, labor trafficking, right? Sex trafficking and later labor trafficking. And would you assume that that number is probably much larger because we there's so much that, we wouldn't know, that, right? Those, well, those are the numbers we were identified. Those numbers, so the number, the actual number, and that's why I prefaced what I was saying, because now when you look at survival sex and you look at what's going on with labor trafficking, that most people don't really see, because we've been trained to think that, that, that sexual exploitation is the only form of human trafficking that there is. And, and honestly, and when, I think of, when I think of it... That is the only thing I thought of until you said something different. When you're saying labor trafficking, I, yeah. I'm like kind of understanding that, but yes. So, so I, I give you, I can give you an example. There was a young man that we met. Um, well, he's actually a little older, but he was homeless. He started work. He, there was a business in Allentown that said, Hey, you can live upstairs from our business, but you got to work for us. Right. And he did work, he did, but he never got paid and they barely let him live. They didn't let him put any new furniture in. And if he wasn't in the house or his house, by the time they closed the business, he was outside. So they, and they really abused that, that relationship. That's, that's labor trafficking at its core. 
right? But you, most people just see a guy working in a grocery store, right? You know, I wouldn't think anything of it, you know? I, I'm, ass, I'm assuming that, you know, it's weird too, because there's a sense, I'm sure you're going to talk about some of these signs, but then there's that sense of, I don't want to get in somebody's business, you know? I, I, it seems mm-hmm. to be everything's okay. Like maybe I so, saw that guy assume he's just working. So there are a lot of indicators, but even with all the indicators, until you talk to people, you don't really get to see them and know what's, what's, what's what for sure. Um, so what we try to do, okay, Aspire means, the, the name Aspire means a supportive presence, initiating recovery and empowerment. So when you take our name, we're doing things to get people engaged with us so then we can ask the hardest questions. And so um, that's how we kind of been able to maneuver right now. Uh, because we don't have our own safe house at the moment, we have been working through it by being a resource space, a place of resource. And then we've created some unique partnerships with other organizations that are in the same space, but maybe in a different area. So we've been able to support the community in you know, several different layers and different ways. And some of which you would not really think as a way to communicate with uh, victims of human trafficking, but we've been able to, we've been relatively successful in doing so because of these means. And, you know, I, I've seen signs in different places, um, I, you know, mostly when you're on the, the highway, something like a rest stop or something. Yeah. What, what can I do? You know, besides if, if I'm just somebody doing my, my normal life in the Lehigh Valley, and, you know, is there something I can be more cognizant of? Is there, yes. what, what do I do when I notice something? Like what is, what are some of the things uh, that you would tell just your, your regular guy like me to be aware of? So, okay. You see a bag that you don't know what's in it, but it's just this random bag sitting there. and. You're like, man, with all the things that are going on that have gone on in the world, we've come up with a term, see something, say something, right? So your first objective is to find someone who can possibly, you're not going to just go and try to approach that bag because this is a pretty random bag. And we know that from past experience that engaging that bag could mean your life. So it's just easier to call someone and say, hey, I see a suspicious bag. Can you guys come check it out? And then those individuals send someone out, right, who's trained to take care of that. And that worst case scenario, some kid left their book bag and their mom before their mom and dad got on the airplane or something like that, or train. Excuse me. Sorry about that. So we think, okay, that's very simplistic thinking. We say the same thing. If you see someone that you think possibly there's actually a phone number that you can call, right? That's very, it's, it's discreet. It's, it doesn't ask you information. And that number is one 373 That is the yeah, yeah. National Human. So that's one 373 7888 That's the anti- Yes. That is, so if you're someone and you're, a great example of this is my sister's a trucker, a distance trucker. And the other day she posted on um, social media that she saw what they call the truckers call lot lizards. 
these are women who are being trafficked by truckers and at truck stops and stuff like that. And so I told her, hey, that's good that you saw that there. Did you see any any signs for anti-human trafficking or what have you there? Like there should be a sign up that says, you know, if you're being trafficked or you're being uh, exploited or whatever, call this number. And she was like, no, nah, I don't recall seeing that. Well, I said, here, I sent her a picture of the phone number and told her, hey, call, I'm going to call for you this time. But if you're out and you see something like that, say something, because at the worst case scenario, that puts that location on the map, right? And now organizations such as Polaris, Homeland Security, that, that location goes into a database, right? And now that database is helping us study patterns and who's doing yeah, what. So where. at the absolute minimum, at the absolute minimum, they can look at exactly. it and say, hey, you know, somebody from whatever town, there was one in that parking lot that they saw, maybe, you know, oh, we're getting, we're getting two more. Maybe we yeah. should go check that out. I understand. Exactly. So calling that number, 888-373-7888, that number is the bare minimum that you can do in order to, to, to support victims of human trafficking. And I say human trafficking again, because I don't want people to get caught into the idea that sex trafficking is the only thing that's happening because you're more than likely going to run into a victim of labor trafficking than you are a victim of sex trafficking. Please allow me to explain, right? <laughs> sex trafficking is a specific, it's a very boutique thing. You gotta wanna have sex in order to, to, to purchase sex. So at the end of the day, your interactions are limited or individual interactions are limited to the occasional that you may walk by someone. You, you may see something happening. That's an occasion, right? It is the prostitute that you may see standing outside, but it may be uh, 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 something a little bit more discreet. And I'll give you just a quick example of is right after the, I believe it was, the, it was the Eagles Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? Am I correct? So, right after that... So that I feel, yeah, yeah, I was there. I was just reminiscing for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. The owner of that same year, the owner of the Patriots was caught yeah. at an illicit massage parlor, parlor at, in a strip mall in uh, Fort Lauderdale or something like that, right? Now, this is a billionaire a billionaire, a man that could literally import women of his choosing from anywhere in the world or go to anywhere in the world and legitimately have sex with anyone he wants. Probably, yes. Because he's got money. Yeah. Right? The likelihood of them saying no versus the opportunity to become impregnated by a billionaire or something like that. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It does seem a little, right, it's an odd choice. So, but here, think about this, right? This is an illicit massage parlor, but, and this guy goes there to get, to, to get service. This dude is a billionaire. Again, he can import anything he wants. Why did he go to an illicit massage parlor? Because of whatever depraved thing that he wanted to do to this individual that he was victimizing, it's going to go unrecorded it's going to go unreported because they're more than likely eating. so these are massage parlors right that at the front end it looks legit but you have to actually go in in order to experience 
So that being said, that's the extreme of sex trafficking in some cases. But how many restaurants have you gone to in the last month? How many times have you eaten out? Right. This, well, uh, this has been, you know, it's been tricky, to, but we've definitely been supporting. So multiple times, yes. So how many times have you gone to a hotel and you've seen people cleaning the hotel? How many Every times time. have you heard, how many times have you heard a uh, lawnmower going out, on outside of your home and, uh, you know, it, it, it would have you? How many times have you gone to a farm and you're wondering, oh, what's going on here? How many times have you sent your wife or your, you know, your significant other to go get their nails done or hair done? See what I'm saying? So these are places, all places that victims are being, people are being victimized. And so your interaction with labor trafficking is more, it's going to be uh, more often than not, right? But here's where it gets even better. How many people do you know that have been to prison? Oh, personally? Uh, a handful, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, so here we go. So, four million people have been victims of labor trafficking in the prison system. The prison industrial complex. In fact, I'll give you one better. Cuomo, when creating or producing um, uh, hand sanitizer for New Yorkans, who did he use? What, co what company did he use? Do you know what company he used to produce it? I'm going to go out on a limb here to save the New York prison system. Is that what he, yeah. Exactly. Just because I'm, yeah, so, you're, you're letting me get that answer. So, the, the, so when you think about it, you're likely, more than likely, going to come in contact with a victim of labor trafficking than you are sex trafficking. But again, because sex trafficking is the trending topic, especially after the Epstein fiasco and what's going on with that, right? You know, especially now that it's, tra it, it, you know, everybody's a child trafficker now. So, <clears throat> which is, which is bad in itself, but right, the I, idea I think the point that you make, like the, the fact that when you said it, sex trafficking is very pinpointed. I, I kind of, I know what that looks like. I mean, you know, I, I have an idea with the labor one. Wow. Like the, the examples you're giving. I can now think of times when I think I've been around that that I didn't realize it until now. Here's a good one. Have you have you ever had a, a Chinese buffet? I was just gonna say I don't want to. It's funny you bring that up because I remember distinctly. Here's a story. I, we were at a Chinese buffet. This is probably 12 years ago. Okay, so I'm a younger guy at the time. But the the woman who was serving us was great, but she spoke very little English. So at that time, iPhones had come out. So we were translating you know and, and so we were translating before and she thought it was so fun because we were translating mandarin but it didn't really like uh, make sense to us like why and then she said how they would bring her in from new york she would stay for three days and work and then go back now remember in my head okay you come here for work but now it's making sense she wasn't coming <laughs> here for work she was being brought here to work wow exactly that's heavy man like i didn't <laughs> I did not realize that until right now. Yeah, so so that's our that's our work now. That's our scope, and, you know. And we're doing we're doing fantastic uh, a, a fantastic job at doing that right now because we're more on the awareness and stuff, about awareness of human trafficking. And what? really, well, we'll go. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, like, tell people more. And, and I know you have events, so now's the time. I want to make sure that we plug everything. 
so yeah. that we know where you know people can say, okay, we, we've learned about this. We know that there uh, there are resources there. Um, where can they what do you want people to 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 get from you do you want them to contact you to, to get more information to maybe bring in their company for a training session obviously you, you know during this time you can do it different ways you know, what yeah. is the what do you want people to know about aspire and how they i will say it's all of the above but right now our hyper focus is on our pandemic response um realizing that the unsheltered and underserved community members um, were suffering when the pandemic started. If you recall, when the pandemic started, you couldn't find hand sanitizer anywhere, right? Toilet paper and hand sanitizer, for some reason, just- It was gone, yeah. Or, you know, they say, <laughs> please, please take one, and then there's that one lady yeah. walking out with five, but yeah. Yeah, and so, with that being said, the, the thought was, okay, remember survival sex is what we've identified survival sex as a means of sex trafficking. As a result, we know the numbers before a pandemic and people being forced out of work. Now you have people who were barely making it forced into a bad, a worse situation because now their means of employment is there. And then the other thing is a lot of the drug and alcohol treatment centers right weren't available because they weren't taking on new clients because of this covid thing so you have people not having outs for uh for their substance use disorder and so we decided hey uh maybe we should try to get certain things to the community it started off as two ounces of hand sanitizer it was like hey that's the least we can do is give people hand sanitizer because <clears throat> we just knew what was happening then we were like well let's do hand sanitizer and masks so we started doing that so to date uh, I can't, I'm not looking at the numbers, but I believe it's a little under 5,000 masks that we've given away and a little under 4,000 ounces of hand sanitizer. Um, but then again, we were like, Hey, this is still just scratching the surface, right? <laughs> and realizing that people were hungry, even though there were people getting this $600, uh, for a week for unemployment if you were qualifying for it there were some people who still had who applied like the second or third day that they could get it yeah. that hadn't received their money i know people who still haven't gotten it they've been calling every day so yeah and so what we what we uh, what we decided to do is through some networks our network um we found a location where we can buy food at bulk so we started buying food and to date uh for our last three uh, pandemic responses. We did one in May, one in June, and one in July. I think we're at about 38,000 pounds of food we delivered to the community. So the underserved and unsheltered people in our community, especially in Northampton County, um, we wanted to make sure we did our part. So we've been doing these distribution days. So during these distribution days, we're giving people 40-pound boxes of food, two to, two to four ounces of hand sanitizer and a half a dozen disposable masks. That's kind of our mission right now. And so how are you, fun uh, how are you funding this? Are you funding this through donations? Is that yes, where it's coming from? That's, okay. that's pretty much, we've been able to be blessed to do the crowd and our, our tribe, our community has been def definitely supporting it. Um, this has been a total community support uh, situation. Um, but again, the reason why we were passionate about this is that, Hunger causes you to do things. And because, again, 
we understand what survival sex is, we have to make sure that we could, if we could just put that thing or that obstacle in between you staying where you are and you doing something that's, uh, that's going to put you at risk. If we can put that one stumbling block in front of it, right. Let's do it. Right. And 40 pounds of food to most families isn't a lot, but it is a lot. <clears throat> we don't, when you're barely um, surviving, you know, and, and so, and, but now we've partnered, we're partnering with a few Eastern area, uh, restaurants like Amon's, um, uh, a restaurant, the Indian restaurant downtown, you know, he, he's partnered with uh, Aspire so that we're able to do hot meals for those who, those individuals in our community that are maybe elderly or disabled that couldn't get, because these are 40, again, 40 pound boxes are not easy to move no matter who you are, right? Yeah, yeah. You gotta get home so <laughs> So someone who's elderly or disabled, that's just, you know, so we, we, we figured out a way to help them um, in the short run. The other thing is, is we're always open to training. Oh my God. That's like our favorite thing. <laughs> so we, we like coming in and share. We did I, the, 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 the company that I think was the best, uh, eye-opening training we did was for, um, oh my God, Spectra, right. Which is the company that runs the PPL center. We actually yeah, yeah. had their, we actually had their head of security in their, in the manager. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and if you could have seen their eyes when we were giving examples and that, they, they have made to some see it all the time. Changes. That's going to yeah. be like every event, man. Exactly. And even having to keep an eye on their contractors. Right. If they're doing it. You see, so, <laughs> so, so what we ask people to do, we have, what we prefer you to do is be a part of come become a part of our community. Um, so a lot of that's on Facebook and you can find us uh, by re just searching path to autonomy or aspire to autonomy. And we um, have all the links in the notes there and you'll yeah. be able to find them. So no problem. And, 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 and if you want to visit our website and what have you, but we engage a lot with social media. That's been primarily where we've been able to fundraise and, and, um, have some fun, you know, at the same time, we, we've, like I said, we're really into educating and empowering uh, the community to take a stand. We've, in fact, we don't even call our volunteers volunteers. We purposefully call them ambassadors because what we thought was when you get called a volunteer, it's like, Hey, we'll call you when we need you. Right. But ambassador is always on. And you're always you're always on and we want them to be always on we want them to be their boots on the ground our eyes in the sky right we want you to be at restaurants thinking hmm this sounds fishy oh hey why is it that you why are all you guys working under one license here at this nail salon i don't mm -hmm. think that's right and so you know so when we start engaging the community it makes the traffickers job harder we can't end it per se, but we damn sure can make it hard for them to victimize people and continue to do it in the wide open as it's well, been Honestly, even just talking to you now and getting those very simple examples that it's just one of those things where you turn, you know, you turn the light on. I'm like, oh yeah. And, and it was right there to, to think of those situations where there could be a, a possibility of somebody, you know, involved in labor trafficking. Yeah. 
So yeah, again, we're gonna have all the links in there. I want to make sure too, um, you know, for people who well, for people who want to find out more about Aspire or to, um, to donate or get involved, we're gonna have the, all the notes are in the or all the links are in the notes. But this isn't just what you're doing, and I want to give you a little bit of time to talk about another event. Is it? I think it's this podcast might come out after your event. I think it's Friday. Um, yeah. But can you tell me more? I, clearly, all the events that are going on now, it's it's not just COVID. It's not just human trafficking it's, it's it's everything it's social justice as well so i gotta let you talk a little bit about you know, how you're changing the narrative after the george floyd, floyd tragedy and just kind of tell me what's going on with, with you here's the irony is i just interviewed someone for my podcast about I, this. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine, ready to go so, so the idea was uh, for me is i don't care what your political affiliation is right let's just scratch that one of the things that was different about the George Floyd situation, eight minutes, 49 seconds. America saw a man's life being snuffed out from underneath, from underneath him. Eight minutes, 49 seconds. Hey, that's what happened. It was in that moment, just afterwards, that Americans were finally united with the idea that, hey, this dude was murdered. He was handcuffed. He was compliant. So regardless of your political affiliation, what you know is that for eight minutes, almost nine minutes, it, it's there. You know, it, it's, and I think it's, it's, just, it's there. You saw it. You watched it. So then it started spiraling. Yeah, one side this way, one side that way. But one of the things that's most consistent, we believe, and why I believe in independent media, is that the mainstream only identifies these situations when they're the most negative. It's very rare that mainstream talks about the good side. And so what I decided to do with a group of friends was say, hey, you have the Black Lives Matter protests, and as a result, you have their counter protests. And it's starting to get violent and all that stuff. But we were like, eh, I'm not a, I don't care about either of those conversations. What I care about is Americans, first and foremost, coming together to discuss actionable and sustainable change and methods on how to do so. You can't complain. Of, I, I have my, one of the things that consistently that my team will tell you is don't bring a problem to me unless you've, you have at least one solution or potential solution. Right. Because at that point, you're just sharing the, the bad news. Let's talk about solutions. And so uh, this Friday will be the first uh, gentlemen. We're calling it the March of Gentlemen, but essentially it's for families and it's for everyone to come and share uh, in the idea that we can have this conversation on race and inequality through. It. It's not just talking about race and inequality, but we're talking about sex. So we're talking about gender. We're talking about economics because all of these different things play a part in the narrative that's being created by the mainstream. The mainstream will quickly tell you how fast a, 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 an American is a racist, right? <laughs> but that same American or another American that knows him, you know, went into a burning building to save five lives. But you rarely see that as a push. And so we're, we're determined to create this movement called Change the Narrative. And the, the whole purpose of it, we're not talking political sides. We're talking right down the middle, actionable and sustainable change. 
Forget all the other nonsense. Actionable and sustainable change. So wait, you don't want to yell at somebody for, for an hour and just scream and yell? Like, you don't think that that's a way to solve a problem? Hey, I, I get it. I'm all for actionable, protest, but Actionable right. and sustainable change. If that conversation is not at the end of your protest, right, at right, the right. end of your march, what you've done was exactly that. You've yelled for an hour <laughs> and there's no actionable or sustainable change. So what happens is you go away just to come back to do it again the next day. And so, um, but we're, we're very pro, uh, uh, very pro information, right? And so that we change the narrative that all African-American men are not racist. I mean, are, are not thugs and gangsters and robbers and thieves. All white Americans are not racist and bigots. And the idea that Latino Americans have to go home because they don't speak the, 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 the English language, but they're not illegal either. You know, and all police officers are not gunning people down or kneeing on someone's neck for eight minutes and 49 seconds, right? That's not the narrative. And so what we want to do is begin that. And as a result, uh, we are creating a bipartisan uh, political action committee and the whole goal is to begin to affect the political atmosphere on a regional and local and regional level, because that's where true change has got to start. If you're not impacting positively your city, your township, your county, your state, you can forget about what's going on in the, in the, in the national political narrative, because every day a racist judge on the bench, right, is a racist judge on the bench. You need to vote him out. You need to get him out. You know? Right, and, and, and I think we'll see that even more than ever. <laughs> we were talking about local government and state government. We see how important and how much it affects our lives now, every day, yeah. more than we have before. Exactly. We can't you, take that for granted. You want prison reform, right? But prison reform happens at, prison happens at the state level. But that's by way of a county level district attorney and judges on the county level. So if you're not, and even those cases are even seen by magistrate judge in a county level, right? So if you want to help in mass incarceration and unnecessary and unfair sentencing, make sure you have judges that reflect the values of the community, period. Make sure you have... How can I get more involved? <laughs> this is interesting. Like it's it's um, another thing. Obviously, you're involved in is great. But how how what's the reach out for this? What is is there a website I can go to learn more about this? Is it just a couple events you're doing? Well, it's actually for now until we until we feel it's done. We're done. It's going to be a monthly event. Um, the next one is going to be the last Saturday of August. Um, but the goal is to to really do more. Um, things that promote unity and but still demand actionable and sustainable change so, so is how like, things are being done well, um, for this event is, I can't do you, is there a Facebook event for it oh, yeah, there is oh, what there is it is. called so it's called uh, the March of Gentlemen it's underneath of I had started this movement about four years right. ago uh, for one of the magazines that I had started to publish 
Right. And um, so we call this the call of gentlemen, the beards of both sides call of gentlemen. And when we, when I saw an opportunity, I said, hey, let's revive this idea and call it the March of Gentlemen. And so it's open to the public. We're not looking for one political viewpoint. We're looking for people who just want, you have everybody say, I want something yeah. that unifies. And so we're calling both sides of the equation, the narrative to the floor and saying, if you believe this, and this is what you want, be here. If you believe, if you believe all lives matter, you should be here because we're not talking about either side. We're saying this is the narrative. The narrative is negative, And we're determined as citizens of these United States to change the narrative so that we can truly become one nation under God, indivisible. Right now, we're divided like yep. crazy. You think? And well, that's the thing. It's like Facebook's so easy. You know, it gets so discouraging because people, you know, they have their idea that it's, it's over and over. It's just, we get it. You know, you're not going to change. I don't get, trust me, I love a good social media ar argument, but I don't get in them anymore because you don't, you're not changing minds on a Facebook comment. You know, I can show you a good yeah. video and that. Now, this is, you know, actual discussion when you can. And I talked to uh, JP at Touchstone Theater yesterday. We did an interview. Mm -hmm. Start listening more. Listen to what people are saying. Really listen. Actively listen. And then, you know, ask them a question back. And, and that's something I've been personally trying to do more of, to, to learn yeah. more of that, rather than just say, something happened. I know what's right and wrong. I'm going to go on Facebook and tell everybody, well, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute. Let's take a breath and, and see if we can maybe talk about this a little bit more productively. So I, I exactly. Was so exactly. Now, although I have to admit, I'm kind of one of those guys that loves taking because most people think that you have one certain bent, you know, point of view and I love right. challenging people's point of view. So I, I, there are times where I have to admit I get into those Facebook discussions just oh, no, to watch I do. reaction. I'm not saying I'm above. <laughs> See, you don't know much about me. Like I, I'm like the, the the king of Facebook arguments. Like, please, I'm not trying to say a moral high ground. Continue to comment on Facebook, but we're not going to get those real, true yeah. discussions where people. I've never seen a Facebook discussion end with somebody going, "You know what? You're right. I'm switching my vote from for president." You've convinced. <laughs> It's, I don't think it's ever happened, so no. I try not to go down that hole. But no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big proponent of fighting about yakos or pots, hot dogs. Yeah. Do you know? Have you had yakos or pots? Have you had both yes. yet? Which yes. Which are you gonna pick if you had it? or or any any other one? Because there's obviously they're gonna get mad at me, or don't you? It's okay. Yeah. 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 Yes, <laughs> I was going to say Yakos, but yeah. oh, great! This is a this is a beautiful thing. Why do we have to pick just one? You know, we have them all. But hey, listen, guess, well, go ahead. I guess the next best thing to it is doing an actual key state crawl around the valley and sometime soon I, and find one yeah. that is not bad. Yeah. Hey, let's let's keep talking. We'll stay in contact. I will find you a decent cheesesteak, and then you can kind of get me more involved in some of this stuff. It's really interesting, and I appreciate you coming on to talk. So, Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. And if there's anything that we can do to support yeah, no, your they, movement, man. This, look, we have the almost matching shirts. Yeah. <laughs> this, this has been great. Yes, man. And any beer, beer. product that you may need, I got stuff. 
But I appreciate, man. man. Hey, I appreciate you allowing me to come on. All the all the links that we talked about, everybody can find that in the notes. So you know you don't have to repeat it. We'll have the, the phone number in there as well. A pleasure. Good luck with all the events. I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lehigh Valley Would Love podcast. For more information on Aspire to Autonomy, please visit pathtoautonomy.org. If you want to get more information on us, visit lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com slash podcast, get previous episodes, and sign up for our newsletter. Look for us on Patreon and social media, and if you're interested in being a guest or would like to learn more about advertising, email info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com. Dot com.